Hello and God's blessings to you. Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston and for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service will be Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. I am Reverend Tenny Hutchinson Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they're private in nature or if it's okay to share them on the next week's podcast so that your church family may be praying for you. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are for Katie Amara, Lynn, Marcy and Jeannie, Jason Beles Ribera, Ernest Bulford, Bill Lawrence, for Kevin and Keith, for Sue Williams, Clyde Dukes, Bill Lohman, Becky Adams, for the family of Beverly Condo, for people who suffer an unexpected injury, for those who are chronically depressed, for little Nate Gray, for both our churches of this charge as we prepare to welcome a new pastor, for me, Pastor Tenney, as I prepare to move to a new church, and for Pastor J.R. and his wife Elsa as they come to serve you. And by way of an announcement this morning, As many of you have already heard, I was contacted recently and told that I am to be appointed to another church starting July 1st, 2021. Your new pastor has been appointed and announced at the in-person services already. His name is Jose Leonardo Rodriguez, but he prefers to just be called Pastor J.R. Pastor J.R. was born in Reading, Pennsylvania, and did much of his growing up in Puerto Rico. He is young and in love with the Lord and excited about his calling and discipleship. I believe you will be as delighted by him and his wife Elsa as quickly as I was. He will be starting his ministry with you the first week in July. Ascension of the Lord Sunday, May 16th, 2021. Our first song for this morning is from the little black hymnal entitled The Faith We Sing, number 2164 and is entitled Sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. 
Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, we'll be a living sanctuary for you. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from Psalm 93, verses 1 and 4. The Lord is King. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is girded with strength. He has established the world and it shall never be moved. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the waves of the sea, majestic on high is the Lord. Our invocation. O Lord, we lift our eyes to see your glory. We open our hearts to receive your love. We offer our lives to do your will. Be with us in this time and place. Amen. And our call to worship for this morning is taken from the same psalm, Psalm 93. Our God is risen. Our God reigns. Robed with majesty and armed with strength, our God holds his world and our lives securely. This is the God to whom we have given our lives, our God, who deserves our worship and praise. And our opening prayer, let us pray. Lord Almighty, we gather together and in what ways we can, some of us empty, some filled, some whole, some broken, all yearning for your Holy Spirit to fill us. We come in what ways we can toward you, our God. Guide us, fill us, so that so graced we may serve others, so that so healed we may bring hope to the world. And all God's children say, Amen. Please join together with me now in our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And now we come to the time in our podcast in which we have our children's message. Good morning. Today we're going to talk about a very special event that took place in the Bible. First, though, I want to tell you about a little trick. Have you ever seen a raisin dance? 
It might sound strange, but I'll tell you what I mean. But first, do you know what a raisin used to be? That's right, a grape. Grapes are full of water and are big and juicy. Raisins are grapes after they've been dried out and aren't full of water anymore. Now imagine that I have both raisins and grapes and a glass of fizzy soda on a table in front of me, and you are watching me. I said I'd make the raisins dance, and I will. But I'm also curious, will, will the grapes dance? Imagine you're watching as I drop a couple of grapes into the fizzy soda, and imagine that nothing happens. The grapes just sit there. Now imagine that I drop a handful of raisins into the fizzy soda as you watch. We wait just a couple moments and keep watching. And you see as the raisins start to move around a little bit, to do a little jig, and to float and to jiggle up to the top of the class. Those raisins might have seemed all shriveled up and like all that juicy grape life was just all out of them. But in that fizzy soda, they got new power, new life, and rose back up to the top of the glass. The reason why we're talking about wiggling and jiggling raisins today is because today we're talking about what happened when Jesus ascended into heaven. Have you ever heard the word ascend or ascended? It means when something goes up, like an elevator, or a person going up some stairs. In our lesson today, we are looking at the last time Jesus was on earth. We're talking about how he showed up one last time to his friends, his disciples, and had one last special time with them, a little meeting, like. Jesus took his disciples out of town a little ways and told his friends that he was going to send them an exciting present and that they should wait for that present to get an amazing sort of power. He then gave them a blessing, and then do you know what happened? Well, have you ever had a balloon, the kind that's filled with helium, and have you ever let it go? What happens when you let those floaty balloons go? They just float all the way up to the ceiling or into the sky, right? That's what happened to Jesus. He floated up, ascending into the sky, just like those raisins in the glass or a balloon that's let go outside. But Jesus, he didn't come back down. The disciples watched this. They were left open-mouthed, staring at the sky and wondering when Jesus would return. But they were also excited about what Jesus had just said and did. And, and after a bit, they started giving praise to God and telling people about what they had seen. They were all stirred up with energy and excitement, just like those raisins were stirred up and started dancing in the glass. How do you think you might have felt if you saw Jesus go up into the clouds like that? You'd probably also be pretty excited and want to tell people about what you saw. And we remember this story in church to remind ourselves that it happened and to remind ourselves to still get excited and to still share the story of Jesus with others. To be a bit like those dancing raisins and to get a little life and jiggle and wiggle back into ourselves again as we remember the miracle of Jesus, our Lord, God's own Son. Let's pray. Dearest Lord, Thank you for who you are. Help us to be excited about your story so that we can share the good news of you with others.
and all God's children say, Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 176 in our hymnal and is entitled, Majesty, Worship His Majesty. Majesty, worship His Majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from his throne unto his own, his anthem raise. So exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. Majesty, worship his majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Majesty, worship his majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from his throne unto his own, his anthems raise. So exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. Majesty, worship his majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Please join with me for our prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Ever-living God, you, as Jesus our Christ, once dwell on earth, confined by time and space. Give us faith to discern in every time and place your presence among us. Be with us now. Bless our ears to hear and our eyes to see by the reading and proclamation of your word. And all God's children say, Amen. Our first scripture reading for this morning is a New Testament reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. 
For John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, Suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward the heavens? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, Clothed with Power. Ascension Sunday, that's what today is. A day in the church when we remember Christ finally and fully ascending to heaven. After he served, after he suffered, after he died, after he was raised from that death and then appeared again and taught and loved and served again, and then, then, as the scripture stated, he was carried up to heaven to be with God. Yeah, so this is the Sunday in our church calendar in which we remember that monumental event. When Jesus leaves his disciples and doesn't return, at least not yet leaves them to do it on their own, to do it all on their own, to struggle on their own, to do the very best they can to walk like him and to be like him, to help like him, to love like him and serve like him, and teach and heal and hope and live like him. To do all that as as much as they can and as best as they can, but to do all that without him. And it had to be hard for them, those disciples who were gathered around him, to know he was leaving, to be told that they'd be alone, and to wonder how they'd go about it all and get along without him. Hard for them. 
and, of course, hard for him. As he may have felt that he had much more to say, as he must have felt that they had much more to learn. But knowing that he had no choice, that he had no choice and had to go, had to be raised yet again, but this time in a different way, that he had to fully and finally ascend. But he doesn't get carried away right away. He doesn't lift off, so to speak, immediately and without a few last words. Last words to his followers, last words to his friends. And his last words were this. As our reading from Acts says that after Jesus' suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, and that Jesus said, This is what you have heard from me. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that later he said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And in our gospel reading from Luke, Jesus said, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus is promising them. He is reassuring them. In both cases, Jesus knows that he is to be lifted up and away, carried off from their presence until some future day. And in these last moments he has with them, he makes them a promise that they will not be left alone or powerless. That while he himself will no longer be there, he is assuring them, he is promising them that God in heaven will not forget them and that they will be clothed with power from on high. Clothed with power from on high. Interesting, isn't it? That phrase, clothed with power, I mean, perhaps they wondered what it meant. Perhaps we do. Because while these ancient Middle Eastern followers of Jesus of Nazareth knew nothing about our superhero stories of today, they had super stories and heroes of their own. Not tales about Superman's super strength, we know that is true, but they did know well the tales of Samson's super strength. No outrageous and wonderful stories of Spider-Man or Thor, of Batman or Captain Marvel, but they had their own outrageous and wonderful accounts of, of Daniel in the lion's den and of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. Accounts of Joshua toppling Jericho's walls and of Jonah surviving a massive fish's GI tract. Accounts of giants felled by a single stone, of bushes burning but not being consumed, and of seas parted and skies raining sweet bread. Accounts of oil and flour never running out and of a talking donkey years before Shrek's annoying one, and of Naman taking a simple swim and being cured of his disease, and so many others. And of course, these disciples, listening to Christ's last words to them before he was lifted up and away from them, also they had they had more than just ancient stories of outrageous and wonderful works of massive and mysterious powers. They had more than just ancient stories. They also had memories. Memories of actual personal experiences. 
Memories of moments of outrageous and wonderful works of massive and mysterious power. Memories that they themselves had witnessed and had even been a part of. Had even participated in. Moments they'd lived. Major power moments of the blind being made to see and the lame being helped to walk again. Of water being turned to wine. And of friends being raised from the dead of demons being thrown into a herd of swine and of bread and fish being multiplied, of waves holding up the forms of walking men, and of stormy seas being made quiet with just a few words, of lepers being healed and the mute being made to speak, and and of a lopped-off ear being fully restored to its head again. All that power all that super strength and super presence, all that super help and super hope and super work. And remember, these followers, these companions, these disciples, they had seen it, they had helped with it, they had lived it. And then, after Jesus walked, suffered, and was put to death, was raised and walked again, when he was then preparing to leave for good, to ascend to be with his father, that he then said to those close followers of his, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised, so stay here until you have been clothed with power from on high. And I wonder what they thought that meant. I do, I really wonder. As they listened to him make this pledge and promise, perhaps they thought they might be parting seas and walking on water and and making wine for weddings. And if they did, they wouldn't have been all wrong. For even after Jesus' ascension, those earliest apostles did some of that kind of super work of their own with the help of God's mighty power. The book of Acts has plenty to say about that. But I'm here today to insist that that wasn't what Jesus meant with his comment and command of stay here until you have been clothed with power from on high. That Jesus wasn't talking about great and flashy acts that would wow the crowds and woo the unbelievers. I'm going to argue that Jesus wasn't referring to sea parting or water walking or dead raising or plague bringing or furnace surviving or city wall toppling at all. Because Jesus knew that that kind of miracle making and super work wasn't going to last and to linger forever. Because our Lord knew that his disciples and apostles weren't going to have that kind of superhuman strength and power indefinitely. Because our manifested God knew that things would return to old rhythms and routines. And he knew that while work would be done for the coming of the kingdom of the Lord, that the word would be spread and that hearts would be moved and that believers would be baptized and disciples made, Jesus knew that things would move back toward the expected and familiar, that things would settle down and in as the years passed into what was in many, many ways, that things would settle down into basically what was before, what was before, what always had been previously when humanity forgets its creator God, and now when humanity overlooks its redeeming Lord. Yeah, Jesus knew. But Jesus made that promise and pledge anyway. Jesus reassured them and guaranteed them anyway when he said to those few listening that 
that day that he was carried up and away. And, and when throughout the millennia, he does say to all of us who believe, stay here until you are clothed with power from on high. And Jesus doesn't lie. So what is this power from on high? What is this promise made to us, disciples of our Christ, lovers of our Lord, who linger and tarry here, who remain and stay and live and dwell here? To all of us who were left here to do it on our own, to do it all on our own, to struggle on our own, to do the very best that we can to walk like him and, and to be like him, to help like him, to love like him and serve like him and teach and heal and hope and live like him. To do all that as much as we can and as best we can, but to do all that without him here manifested and fully and physically with us. What is this power that we are clothed with from on high? Well, some of you who have heard similar sermons before, you may be like the eager elementary student at her desk who leans forward and raises her hand and goes, ooh, 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 as she thinks, pick me, pick me, I know this one. And others of you who are remembering that next Sunday is Pentecost, you might be like the chill high school student who feels a wave of calm rush over him as he thinks, whew, if I get called on for this one, I'm golden. Because you are remembering the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because you are remembering that power from on high with which those earliest disciples were washed and bathed, were flooded and filled, and with which we still are today. And you'd be right. Ding, ding, ding. Good job and a gold star. God's Holy Spirit is that power from on high with which believers are clothed, are covered completely, even today. But yet there's something more I want to say. Because something somehow yet feels unanswered and unresolved. Because what about the parting of the seas and the walking on water? What of the bringing forth and the calling off of plagues and the healing of the afflicted and, and the raising of the dead? What about the casting out of demons and the calming of the choppy, storm-peaked waves and of bread being multiplied? Yeah, what about all that? What is it about this power, the Holy Spirit's power, this power from on high of all places and from God of all persons, what is it about this power that is super strong, superhuman, super present and super powerful in its super hope and its super work? What is it? Well, I'll tell you, but first I have to share a note I got from my son via a text on Mother's Day. He gave me a card too, but he also sent this text. And secondly, I have to ask you not to tell him that I shared it because he'd probably be seriously annoyed with me. But I'm going to share it anyway because I think the point he makes is that important. And thirdly, well, thirdly, I want to offer this warning that the answer is something you might not necessarily like. The answer about real power, that is. Because there are no capes here, or special spidey web here, and there's no power of invisibility here, or cool Batman vehicles here, and there's just this here. My kids edited thoughts which point to the truth. 
He texted in part. They say strength is a characteristic that pri primarily defines men. That strength is a form of power wielded by a protagonist in some fantastical story. And it was funny to me growing up how my main role models for strength had always been women. This puzzled me, and it clung to my mind. And this understanding did nothing but pursue me. It followed me to a little movie, a nine-year-old me would watch in front of an old wide TV. You might wonder, Mom, why I love the movie Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind so much, why I bring it up to you consistently. Well, that movie made such an impression on me because it was the first movie I ever saw that had blood in it. I had seen Narnia before, which had a big battle in it, but no blood, not like this. And Nausicaa, the main character, she bled just to protect others. And I look back on my life and all the things you did for me, all the time you spent caring for us, I can finally put into words the real definition of strength. Strength is not making others bleed, like so many people tell to impressionable young boys. Rather, strength is allowing yourself to bleed for the sake of others. And there's more to that amazing note from my son, but the point is this, and as he said, I can finally put into words the real definition of strength. Strength is not making others bleed like so many people tell to impressionable young boys. Rather, strength is allowing yourself to bleed for the sake of others. The real definition of super strength. Allowing yourself to bleed for the sake of others. Yes, young man, I agree. And I would counter back to him that that is also the real definition of power, of super power. And we, congregation of followers of Christ, we are indeed clothed with that power, that superpower of the most holy God from on high, that power of the Holy Spirit, that same power our Christ wielded like a mighty sword when he accepted the suffering and allowed his crucifixion and welcomed his death and was raised from that death to then eventually be finally and fully raised again. And so remember on this day when we remember his ascension into heaven, Jesus, Jesus of the super strength and superpower who wasn't afraid of suffering and was fully willing to suffer for the sake of others because of his obedience because of his faithfulness, because of his commitment, because of his love. So yeah, folks, and we are called to that same strength, that same power. We are called to just that. No capes for us. No Batmobiles or invisible planes or mystical hammers or spidey webs for us. Instead, and for us, is self-control and faithfulness, peace and patience. This is what we've been given, gifted, kindness, goodness, joy, the fruits of the Spirit here, gentleness, and love. And if we have to suffer a bit for it and bleed a bit for it, then so be it. For as his disciples, we are called to walk like him, to live like him, 
to serve like him and without the physical presence of him. But he made sure we were prepared for this emulation of him. Because, and as he promised and delivered, we have been clothed with power from on high. The power to die to ourselves and for others. The power to fully and finally ascend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our next song for this morning is entitled Spirit Song and is number 347 in our hymnal. Oh, let the Son of God enfold you with his spirit and his love. Let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Oh, let him have the things that hold you and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Oh, come and sing this song with gladness as your hearts are filled with joy. Lift your hands in sweet surrender to his name. Oh, give him all your tears and sadness. Give him all your years of pain and you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time and our presence, our talents and our treasure. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. Holy Lord, we do not want to squander our lives and resources on meaninglessness. Open our hearts and our hands so that we may receive from you and then be ready and willing and able to give of what we have received. Give us the courage to emulate your generosity of self. We offer you our gifts in love and obedience and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. 
And now as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. Almighty God, we are reminded today of your greatness and glory your sovereign power and eternal purpose, all expressed perfectly in Jesus Christ, our Lord, risen and ascended. We thank you for the wonder of ascension, that marvelous yet mysterious moment and the life of the apostles, which left them gazing heavenwards in confusion, yet departing in joy. We thank you that it brought us the earthly ministry of Jesus, brought it and us to a fitting conclusion of it, signifying his oneness with you and demonstrating your final seal of approval on all he had done. We praise you that through his ascension, Jesus is now set free to be Lord of all, no longer bound to a particular place or time, but with us always, able to reach even to the ends of the earth. We glorify you that through his departing, Jesus prepared us for his coming again. We watch and wait, yearning, hoping. Gracious God, forgive us for so often failing to grasp the wonder of ascension and for living each day as if it had never happened. Forgive us the smallness of our vision, the narrowness of our outlook, the weakness of our love, the nervousness of our witness, and our repeated failure to recognize the fullness of your revelation in Christ. Give to us now a deeper sense of wonder, a stronger faith, and a greater understanding of all you have done. Like the apostles, we too will never fully understand all that the ascension of Christ means, and that's okay. We accept, even though we do not fully understand. We believe even though we have many questions. Help us, despite our uncertainty, to hold firm to the great truth that the wonder of Christ Jesus goes far beyond anything we can ever imagine. And help us in faith that we may live each day to his glory and honor. This we pray. And hear us now as we continue to pray, as Jesus taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is also from that little book entitled The Faith We Sing, number 2108. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life, what more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Jesus to Calvary did go. His life for sinners to show. What he did there brought hope from despair. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life, what more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Before we take our leave now of one another and from this podcast, may we recite the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. People of God, we are sent out in the power of the Holy Spirit to be God's witnesses, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to share the love of our Lord. So go from here, clothed in power and strength of God, to bear witness to all you have seen and experienced. Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends, in all your living and through your loving. Christ be your shalom. Christ be your shalom.